listening to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. God doesn't delight in spinal cord injury. He doesn't take great delight when a child is born with multiple disabling conditions. He doesn't get a kick out of someone getting Alzheimer's or autism. No, he permits what he hates to accomplish things that he loves. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hello, friends. You are in for such a treat this week on the podcast as I am joined by the amazing Johnny Erickson Tata. I can't even begin to tell you what a joy and honor it was to have this conversation with her. You know, Johnny has spent over 50 years in a wheelchair as a quadriplegic as the result of a diving accident when she was only 17 years old. And out of her journey, she founded Johnny and Friends, which is an organization that provides Christian outreach in the disability community. And her ministry has been a blessing to countless numbers of families who are living with disabilities all around the world. Johnny is the author of numerous best-selling books, including her new book that recently came out called The Practice of the Presence of Jesus. Johnny and her husband, Ken, reside in California. And Johnny does such a beautiful job of showing us how we can have joy even in the midst of hardships and pain. So friends, get ready to be encouraged as you listen to this conversation I had with Johnny Erickson Tata. Johnny, what an honor to have you on the show. It's just such a joy to get to meet you in person. Well, Becky, a delight to meet you as well. And knowing your story and uh, and all that you have accomplished through your, mm. your, your son and his disability. And I'm talking to somebody who gets disability. <laughs> Well, we live it and my husband lived it, you know, when when he was alive and and you know, one of the things he used to say often when he would be kind of going into the pit, into the dark side and, and he would be suffering and, and he would be in pain and and he would say he would he would look to you and he would see you and how you joyfully continued on and time and time again he would say, "Oh my goodness, you know, Johnny is out here facing this and she has a smile on her face and I can do the same thing. And so you were such an inspiration to him and so many to me and so many others. And so I'm just honored to have you here. Well, I think that when you have a disability and of course um, my disabling condition is different than your son's, but there is a, I don't know, there's a, there's an identification, there's a residence, there mm-hmm. is an understanding and uh, we were just saying, Becky, a, a minute ago before we started recording, that uh, that me with my neuropathic pain and other challenges with disability, just talking to a special needs mom, mm. it just makes me feel good. We get it. and <laughs> Makes me feel understood, yes. Well, you know, so many of our listeners are caregivers. You know, so many of us are special needs moms and dads who are caring for their children, with disabilities. And I would love for you to tell us about your husband, Ken, who has helped you on your journey and and some of the other people who've come alongside to help you. And maybe what you might say to encourage our listeners who are daily um, caring for their children. Well, uh, 
my husband married into disability. Um, uh, he knew what he was, well, excuse me, he really did not know what he was getting into. <laughs> I didn't even know what we were getting into, yeah. uh, him marrying me, a quadriplegic. But, um, wow, after, what, almost 42 years of marriage, uh, we look back and constantly we are saying to one another, it's been so, so hard, mm-hmm. so very hard, mm-hmm. but yet so very rich and tender and warm. I think my disability has thrown Ken and me together uh, much more closely, intimately mm-hmm. than uh, than if, if we didn't have to deal with a wheelchair mm-hmm. in our marriage. But I think for Ken Tata, um, the thing that I appreciate is that he takes breaks as often as he can, as best I can. I'm chew- I'm I'm shooing him out of the house. You know, get together with the guys, go mm-hmm. have lunch. Um, you know, I'll I'll be okay for 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 a while here by myself. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. I try and give him as many breaks as I can uh, because I know that it's uh, it's hard tending to the needs mm-hmm. of someone with a disability. Now, of course, that's different than many of the special needs parents who are listening right now. Um, you've got to find someone who's going to come in and, mm-hmm. and uh, stay with your young son or daughter. But uh, that's where the church comes in. Mm-hmm. This is where uh, Christians can practice Christianity with its sleeves rolled up. By just mm-hmm. coming in, learning the routine, uh, what can I do? Can I stay with your son? Can you take a break? What can I do to make your life a little more easy, mm-hmm. a little easier? And uh, so my heart goes out to uh, any anyone listening who hasn't had a break in a long time, mm-hmm. because that's tough. That's hard. But uh, there can be ways that it, it, you can make it happen. Yeah. And it's beautiful when people do learn to come alongside our families and help our families. And, uh, you know, like you said, the church coming alongside, loving and serving our families. It's such a beautiful thing to see. And you know, something about you, I, I, you know, I knew about you growing up. I saw your movie, you know, when I was a child, I recently reread your autobiography, Johnny, and it was just so amazing to see your story, hear your story. And one of the things that stood out to me was that over and over and over again, throughout your whole journey, you had opportunities where there was a choice to be made. You know, are you going to choose joy? Are you going to choose peace? Or are you going to going to go to the dark side? And I know that there were times that the dark side was, you know, calling calling for you to come that way. But over and over again, I saw you choosing life, choosing joy, choosing peace. And so how do you personally process through the pain and the grief and the loss? to come to the place of like, I'm going to make this choice over and over again because I know that that's where the life comes from. Well, part of that is um, I have experienced severe depression, clinical depression. Mm-hmm. And Becky, that that pit was so deep and miry. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to go down there again. I can't. I cannot afford to go down that dark, grim uh, road to depression. Mm-hmm. And self-pity, it's, it's, it just, it's, it's too terrifying. And so mm-hmm. my choice is made somewhat easy in that, boy, I'd really rather be happy than sad. 
Mm-hmm. And so what, what can I do to place myself in the best position to open up my heart to God's grace? This morning, uh, and I was sharing with you earlier that I was having a, a difficult day, a painful day. I deal with um, significant neuropathic pain, and I have a condition called autonomic dysreflexia. It's, it's, it's complex and difficult to understand, but I... Uh, my caregiver, who was assisting me this morning, I just said, let's stop. Stop, and I need prayer. Would you please pray for me? Here, hold this hand. Press mm-hmm. it against your chest and just give me your best prayer mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I know I need that. And I, I wish that more of us as believers reached out to each other like that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so happy about your network uh, because you are, you, 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 you're providing a, a, a framework for families to connect with one another, to call one another. I need prayer. I need help. Could you mm-hmm. please just intercede for me? Mm-hmm. And th- those are the small ways in, we make, in which we make big choices um, because the choices we make right now end up shaping and defining our future. And if we don't make the right choice, mm-hmm. then um, what now is only a, a small degree of mm-hmm. uh, wandering away from the fold ends up down the road being a much larger degree. So finding those friends who will pray, um, going to God and asking for help, um, not being ashamed to call a friend and and express your need. Um, God God takes no delight in us being um, self-resourceful and independent. He loves for us to be interdependent and relying on one another. And um, again, that's why I'm so happy about your ministry. Provides a context for many people to express their needs. Well, and I think that's such an important message. You know, so often we think it's going to be easier to do it on our own or, you know, that isolation is such a, a... real thing in the disability space. And so, you know, when we can encourage each other and lift each other up and just realize that we're not alone on this journey. And, you know, you mentioned about the chronic pain that you're in, and and a lot of people may not realize that, but you are in pain quite often from, from, from what I understand. And, um, I, I love what you wrote in your 45th anniversary edition of your autobiography, Johnny. Mm. And, and you said that you, you, know, you have great physical pain on a daily basis, but the Lord sustains you and strengthens you and you end up with a smile that is hard fought for from heaven and you're satisfied in Christ. Yes. And I just thought that was so beautiful. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that and how... You can start off your morning maybe in just intense pain, but but you make choices along the way yep. that shifts that narrative. It really does, and it, it does come down to the kind of choices you make. Mm-hmm. We all have opportunities to make those choices. And I think sometimes um, we forget our desperate requirement of God. Um, we get up in the morning, we uh, take a shower, eat breakfast, get dressed, and give God a speedy tip of the hat of a quiet time. And then we're zooming out the front door in automatic cruise control. And we, we, as Christians, we think, well, God, I've been to enough Bible studies. I've memor- memorized enough scripture. I, I pretty much have the lay of the land here. 
I understand this Christian thing. I, I get it. And, and so I, I can take it from here. But, but if I do need you, I will check in with you. And it, God resists the proud. And, and, and that is an example of a proud Christian. He resists the proud. Yes, he can resist us, but he gives grace to the humble. And the humble are just people who recognize their desperate need of God. And I think that's what a disability will do mm-hmm. to you. Um, it, it, it humbles you. It decimates you of your self-reliance mm-hmm. and self-resourcefulness. Um, and it causes you, it forces you to not only, not only be interdependent with other mothers, fathers, parents, husbands, wives, people who have disability in the family, mm-hmm. but it causes you to rush to God out of desperate need. And I, I think my situation is that I just recognize my, my constant need of God and my pain does that. Mm-hmm. You probably hear it in my voice. Um, I'm just weak, but I don't uh, feel embarrassed about that. Um, I celebrate that. I boast in my affliction for then I know God's power rests on me and I can press myself up against the breast of my Savior and find hope and help and resources to keep going and not keep going as though it were a drudgery, but um, to keep going gladly because there's a plan, there's a purpose. This is not random. Um, My pain is not a cosmic um, toss of the dice. It's mm-hmm. it's part of God's journey for me. Yeah, So beautiful. And one of the things uh, that we here at Rising Above that we talk about a lot is the power of gratitude. And, you know, when we have our small group meetings and our Zoom meetings with families around the world, we start every time with giving everyone an opportunity to share what they're grateful for that day because we've seen it just helps shift the narrative. And so I've seen that with you over and over again. I I remember being on Instagram and seeing a reel that you made about being in pain and and a friend saying something to you about, you don't ever get depressed, do you? And you're like, yes, I do. But you you talked about using gratitude yeah. to shift that narrative. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about that too. Well, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 says, in everything, give thanks. And Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 says, do everything without complaining. I mean, the Bible thinks we really can have a good attitude about disability, about hardship, about chronic pain, about life. And um, I, I remember years ago telling someone, I, I can't I can't give thanks in all things. You've got to understand I'm I'm totally paralyzed. My my hands don't work, my feet don't walk. I it's too much. And he wisely said, Well, then Johnny, start taking life in smaller, bite-sized, manageable chunks. Just give thanks for those things. Uh, you can give thanks for mm-hmm. small things, little things, tiny things. And when I began that discipline, and it was very tiny things, very small mm-hmm. things. As I began the the exercise of giving thanks for little stuff, then uh, it was as though God rewarded me for mm-hmm. taking those those steps of faith. He eventually rewarded me with the emotion of thankfulness. 
And I think um, once you live a life of gratitude, it it just permeates everything you do. I mean, when my husband and I say a blessing over our food, most often the prayer is, oh, God, 99.9% of the world would give anything to have this frozen dinner, mm-hmm. this lean cuisine. <laughs> but <laughs> Jesus, they can't. And we yet we mm-hmm. here we are enjoying this meal. So help us to be grateful. Help us to be humble. Mm-hmm. It, it's just looking at life from the perspective that there's always someone else mm-hmm. hurting more than you are, mm-hmm. suffering more than you are. Yeah. My, uh, my oft-quoted uh, prescription for depression is you know, get up off the couch, wash your hair, get dressed, and go out the front door and find somebody else who's hurting mm. more than you are and find a way to make their life a little easier. To love and serve someone else can just shift mm. the narrative so easily and Absolutely. quickly. And you have done that over and over in your life um, just through your ministry, Johnny and Friends. My goodness gracious, you know, out of your life, you decided to take that pain and what you had been through and to create this beautiful ministry that has has served untold number of people over the decades. And I know for a lot of our families, they have been to your retreats and that what a blessing that has been. But that's only just a very small part of what you do. So what are some of the other things that Johnny and Friends that you that you do to love and serve families living with disabilities? Well, Becky, first, I could just mirror all this right back to you because mm-hmm. you've done the same thing. You've taken a hard situation and found a way to serve other families who um, are experiencing just as much, if not more, mm-hmm. the impact of disability. So thank you for that. And I, mm-hmm. I know many of the people on the podcast who follow you regularly are very grateful for that. And you're right. We hold retreats for families that struggle with disability around the country. We hold uh, marriage retreats for couples and also um, getaways for uh, wounded warriors. Um, We deliver wheelchairs around the world. I think that's, I think my heart is uh, having traveled to 50 some odd countries. I have seen the plight of children with disabilities, Mm -hmm. women with disabilities, uh, families struggling in impoverished nations and developing nations, and they have nothing. They have so little. And so um, I just want to squeeze every ounce of effort I can out of my my time, abilities, body, whatever, Mm -hmm. to do what I can to make their lives a little easier. Mm -hmm. So yes, we deliver wheelchairs around the world. We just finished developing what we call our new Cub wheelchair. It's for children with disabilities, and it, it, it grows with the child. The wheelbase expands, the backrest elongates, the foot pedals. Um, it has a, a, a detachable, um, adjustable third wheel, so in rocky terrain over a dirt path, uh, a mother can navigate her, her child in a wheelchair. So it's, it's just finding all kinds of ways to make life a little easier for other people. And that's, that's such a good mantra. Um, you do that, Becky. You do it so very well. And I know your charge is to all the mothers uh, who are listening in or, or dads and encouraging them to find a way to reach out to somebody else in your network. Yeah. 
to assist them and help them. It just mm-hmm. makes you feel so much better, you know, totally that you're serving. It, it's amazing how that, um, how you, when you do give back, when you can find someone else that you can serve, it does, it just changes everything. And you have done that so beautifully through all your work um, with Johnny and friends. And, you know, we uh, just finished a series here at the podcast called The Flip Side. And we have a Bible study series that goes along with that topic of learning to see the flip side, learning to have a godly perspective. And, you know, so often people outside of the disability space would look at our lives and they would see how hard certain things are. But when we can learn to see, try to see through God's eyes that, yes, you know, it's, it is hard. We're not saying that it's not hard, but there is beauty that comes out of that and we can have a godly perspective. So what, you know, outside of your accident, what would be some of the things that you would say were flip side moments for you where maybe the world would look at that and say that was so tragic and so hard, but you were able to flip it and see it through God's perspective? Well, um, oh my goodness. I, I guess my own chronic pain. Mm. Um, I, I live on Bible promises, Becky. I memorize them. I, I, I use them in my life. I rehearse them when I am discouraged. Uh, one is, let's see, uh, okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. Though I am hard-pressed on all sides, I am not crushed. Mm. That's good news for anybody listening. Yeah. Because we all feel terribly hard pressed, mm-hmm. but the promise is we won't be crushed. And this is how it works for me. Like in the middle of the night when I'm in pain and I cannot sleep, I'm, I could sink into discouragement, anxiety, fear, like, oh my goodness, what if this, this gets worse? What if I cannot get to sleep? Uh, I can't live this way. I mean, I could, that could be my my narrative, and it would be a destructive one. So instead, um, I hold fast to a Bible promise like the one I just quoted, mm-hmm. and I'll talk to my pain. I will say, pain, you are going to try to crush me, aren't you? Mm-hmm. But the Bible promises me that though you press me in hard on all sides, I will not be crushed. So I'm going to breathe deeply, calm my heart, move forward, enter into you, pain, and I'm going to enter into you as though I were entering to into the, the 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 fiery furnace of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I'm I'm going to find Jesus. I know I'm going to find him in the middle of this pain. And when I when I grab hold of a Bible promise like that, it's as though that place of pain is transformed. It's as though Christ has already gone there ahead of me, and He has transformed it into a place where I will meet Him and meet Him more intimately than if my life were easy breezy and full of you know roses it, it it's it's a sweetness of encountering the lord jesus where he is both the man of sorrows and yet also the lord of joy mm-hmm. that you can experience that first uh, corinthians 6:10 uh, i'm sorrowful yet always rejoicing mm-hmm. having nothing you know yet having everything yeah. um and maybe maybe some of our friends listening have experienced that mm-hmm. in the hard hard places of life you have a peace you have a joy yeah. and and nothing can take that away it's very difficult to explain to those who don't know Christ but boy for those who do embrace him in the midst of their hard situations mm-hmm. 
you find a, a tenderness and a sweetness about the Lord that you wouldn't mm-hmm. trade for. I wouldn't trade for any amount of walking. Yeah. I, there really are more important things in life than walking. And, and knowing Christ intimately, mm-hmm. I think, is one of them. So beautiful. And, you know, I, I think back to, to my late husband, Jeff, and the struggles that he went through. And he would quote you often, and he would really? say— Yes, he there is a quote and and it's where God it says God permits what he hates to accomplish what he loves. And he would talk about that and oh. how even through his disability, you know, he became disabled a couple of years before he passed away and and was in immense pain himself, but he would hold fast to that. You know that sometimes God permits things in our life to accomplish things that he loves. And he saw that in his own life. And I'm sure, I mean, obviously that's part of your story as well. So I'd love for you to unpack that a little bit for us about how things that maybe don't, you know, they don't make sense to us, but it's actually God's great love for us. Well, okay, let me back up and explain it this way. If, If we can find answers for Christ's pain and all that he went through, they should suffice for us. If they sufficed for our Savior. So let's look at for a second. His his most excruciating point of suffering was when he went to the cross. Yet think of it. Um, it was uh, Judas Iscariot who handed him over, uh, betrayed him. Pontius Pilate who gave down mock justice. It was what? The Roman soldiers who tortured him and beat him. It was the crowd in the streets who screamed, crucify him. So we think, how can any of that be good? Mm-hmm. Murder, betrayal, injustice, torture, treason. And yet, the world's worst murder becomes the world's only salvation. So, God aborted those devilish schemes to serve his own ends and accomplish his own purposes. And in the same way, my life, um, God doesn't delight in spinal cord injury. He doesn't take great delight when a mm-hmm. child is born with uh, multiple uh, disabling conditions. They're, they're, he doesn't get a kick or get a charge out of someone getting Alzheimer's or autism. It's, no, he permits what he hates to accomplish things that he loves. And so just like he uh, aborted those devilish schemes back uh, at the cross, and so the world's worst murder becomes the world's only salvation, in the same way he turns a be a headstrong, stubborn, rebellious um, <laughs> teenager into a into a young woman who, by his grace, can can uh, I don't know reflect something of uh, patience, endurance, tolerance, self control, long suffering, courage, bravery, uh, peace, joy. I mean, these are all those things that are far more satisfying than walking. Mm-hmm. And so he permits what he hates, a terrible you know spinal cord injury to accomplish something that he loves, and that is Christ in me, the hope of glory. And I, I've talked about that many times, but it all can relate back to the way God permitted what he hated, his son's death, to accomplish something that he loved, and that is uh, salvation for anyone who would but believe. So that's our pattern, to look at Christ and, and to see how that might be a template for our own suffering. 
You know, I think so often, so many of our families who have children with disabilities, they can often look at our lives and say, how could a good God allow this to happen? And, you know, allow my child to be born with disabilities. We hear that so often from parents struggling with their faith, you know, when they find out about their child's disability. So what would you say to those families who may be thinking that or struggling with those thoughts? That's hard to do on a short podcast like this, isn't it? (laughs) That is true. My goodness. Um, I do know that we live in a horribly broken world. Uh, terribly broken. I don't think any of us realize how how dismal and dark this world could be mm-hmm. were it not for God's hand of restraining grace. Mm-hmm. I mean, Satan would make jobs of us all. Yeah. He'd have our heads hanging on his wall, all of us, mm-hmm. and the world would be worse, much worse than it is now. And um, so in a way, when we do enjoy health, when we do enjoy uh, freedom from pain or hardship, that is a huge blessing. It is a gift of grace. But if God takes his restraining hand away slightly and allows what could have been anyway, I don't think we can fault him. I don't think we can blame him. Again, the world is horribly broken. and. so when he does allow these things to happen, a child born with a significant uh, disability, first we've got to remember that um, God is going to give your child grace that he doesn't give you. Mm-hmm. Uh, grace is hand-tailored, we're told in First Peter. Um, and the sustaining ability he may give your child will be quite different than, than for you. And so... Don't try to bear your child's burdens too heavily mm-hmm. because God will minister to your child yeah. and and he will minister to you and give you grace for what you need. But there is something about disability in a family that, and you mentioned choices at the very beginning of our time mm-hmm. together, Becky, where parents can make a choice. Moms and dads mm-hmm. can make a choice. Yes. Are we making the best of this? Am I going to let this situation in our family drive me away from my husband or away from my wife? Or are we going to unite together, pray more often uh, in unity? But are we going to rely on neighbors more, uh, the network of other parents who are dealing with this more? I mean, there, there are ways to promote a unity and a togetherness in the family that just might not exist were it not for mm-hmm. a disabling condition in a child. I know siblings, uh, I've seen siblings, their lives totally altered. They are far less um, self-absorbed and selfish. And they understand what it means to care and be compassionate uh, Mm -hmm. when they have to, you know, bathe or dress their little brother. Um, It teaches them a kind of, gives them a kind of maturity that is uh, far beyond their years. So there are good things that can come out of all of this. But they begin with choices, don't they, Becky? They totally begin with choices. And, you know, I I joked with somebody uh, the other day. It's like, I can't imagine what my life would have been like before John Alex, had I not had John Alex. Like, meaning, I am such a different person because of this 
gift that God blessed me with um, and how he changed me. And, but I allowed those changes to take place and for the, for the better. I, you know, I was self-absorbed and self-focused. And then when you have this gift of a child who requires 24-7 care, those parts of you have to start dying off. And um, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. But it is a choice. And um, I like what you just said about dying off. Because every day God calls us to die to ourselves mm-hmm. and live yeah. to Christ. And some of those deaths are very tiny little deaths. Mm-hmm. You've got to give up this. You have to give up that. Yeah. No, you can't have that preference, but here's a better one over here. Mm-hmm. So it's a constant dying to self and yeah. living to Jesus. And, and mm-hmm. you said that so well just then. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, I think um, that when we can just surrender that, surrender our plans, surrender our will to him. He's got great things for us. And sometimes I think mm. we fight against his good for us, you know, thinking that our plan's going to be better. And um, so often if we'll just surrender and accept his goodness for us, then yeah. boy, it's so much better. Um, you have written several books over the years. Um, I, like I said, you're, you're, autobiography that you wrote years ago, Johnny, and then the book that you and Ken wrote about your marriage, which is beautiful as well. But you also wrote a book about heaven. And, you know, as someone who has a spouse in heaven, you know, I just cannot wait to see him again. And, and as my son, I cannot wait to see all things made new. And so when you think about heaven, what excites you? What what comes to mind um, when you think about all things being made new? Okay, this is how I picture it. And this is largely shaped, this view is shaped by my disability because mm-hmm. it's hard. Yeah. But I think of myself running through the tape at the end. I was like mm-hmm. bursting through the pearly gates, like like full force all the way, running, running. And then as soon as I get on the other side, Becky, I'm like a marathoner. I, I, it's like I'm going to drop to the, the, the shores of celestial sand on my hands and knees, heaving, gasping, thinking, I made it. I made it. Oh, mm-hmm. God, I made it. And then with my eyes closing, I'm going to roll over on my back on that sand, and I'm going to spread my arms and legs wide and keep my eyes closed and just just feel the joy that I made it. And then I'll feel this shadow above me. And covering my face, and I'll open my eyes, and it's Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he will say to me, welcome home, sweetheart. You made it. It was hard, wasn't it? But don't worry. You've left all that behind. You're home now. You're safe now. And and then I'm just going to roll over and grab his ankles and start kissing, 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 kissing his Mm -hmm. ankles. And thank you, Jesus, for all the years you gave me grace. When I was so very weak on earth. But I just bet, having shared that little, uh, little, little illustration there, so many of our listeners would identify it's a marathon. Yeah. Welcome home, sweetheart. You made it. That, as I have tears in my eyes, um, thinking about that and just that beautiful picture. And mm-hmm. for me, on those hard days, thinking about what's to come is what gets me through sometimes on those really hard days. And I'm sure it does for you as well to know that this is not our home and that things will be made new. And um, I can't wait. 
I can't wait. <laughs> you know, I remember when I was a little girl and and uh, hurting my hurting myself and my daddy picking me up and pressing me against his chest and patting me on the back and saying, there, there, sweetheart, it's okay. Daddy's here. And one day everything's going to be okay. Daddy's here. Uh, he's not only here right now with us, but he will reassure us that when we get to heaven. And so suffering, there's no way it can make sense except from the perspective of, of heaven. And we just need to have that 35,000-foot view looking down on our suffering and seeing it from God's perspective that mm-hmm. somehow, someway, every dark thread, every dark thread will have served its purpose on earth. It takes faith to mm-hmm. believe that. Yeah. Um, but I think parents of children with disabilities, uh, their faith is honed. It's sharpened. It's forged in fire. And we are the ones who can believe that, yep, those dark feds all have a purpose. Mm. Married life is challenging. Throw in parenting a child with special needs, and it just got even more challenging. That's why we at Rising Above Ministries felt led to put out a marriage video series called Starting Lineup. This five-session series can be used in a small group setting, your church Sunday school class or midweek class, or just you and your spouse right there in your own home. You can download it for free on the Rising Above website. Well, you have another book out or coming. Is it, I'm not sure if it's out or coming it's out, out, but the, it's out. It's the out. Practice of the Presence of Jesus. And when I saw the title, I was like, oh, that sounds like Brother Lawrence. And then I went and looked and, it, and, and so yeah. it's, I love, I was able to see some of the inside of the book and some of your drawings are there. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about this book. I already can tell you this is going to be um, Christmas gifts for everyone this year. <laughs> yes, it is beautiful. So tell us a little bit about your new book. Well, um, it's The Practice of the Presence of Jesus, inspired by uh, Brother Lawrence's book. Um, he was the Carmelite monk in the 1600s, uh, practiced the presence of his God in the midst of polishing pots and pans in the kitchen mm-hmm. and scrubbing floors. And, and um, disability forces us to live that way. Disability requires you to live life in small increments, small steps. You can't take big strides in your life anymore. Everything is lived sometimes minute by minute. And I do this. I mean, again, my quadriplegia requires that I do this. But it it is a discipline that is so much, it's, it gives life such meaning. For instance, I was in the hospital this year for double pneumonia twice and uh, for a total of about 45 days. And at first you tend to, you tend to think this is a detour. This is a terrible inconvenience. It's irritating, but soon it'll be over and I'll get back to things as once they were normal things, but there is no normal with disability. Is there? Right. And so you realize that you're in a hospital and this is the main highway. This is the main highway. So we'll make the best of it, Johnny. So Ken and I started ministering and serving the people who would come in and out of our my hospital room, the x-ray technicians, the, the, the doctor's aides, nurses' aides, the nurses, the student nurses. There's one woman drawing my blood at 4 a.m. And I looked up at her and I said, you remind me a lot of Jesus. And she kind of looked at me with surprise. 
I said, no, you really do. Jesus said in, in the Gospel of Matthew, I came not to be served, but to serve. Mm. You're serving me. Thank you. That makes you very much like Jesus Christ. And, and she kind of like, whoa. But this is the way you practice the presence of Jesus. You, you take every situation. Like I said earlier on our interview, I, I had to stop with my caregiver this morning. Let's stop. Let's pray. Would you pray for me? It's, it's that constant keeping your spiritual antennae up mm. so that you don't miss anything that God might have for you to do at that mm. moment with that person. How can I promote the kingdom in this person's life? I mean, and that's what this book is about, how to do that, how to practice Christ's presence in, in your everyday circumstances. I had fun writing it. It was, a, it was a good book to write. Well, and it includes illustrations from you that you did. And it's just, it's beautiful. So I cannot, like I said, that's going to be, sorry for any family or friends who are listening. You get a, you, <laughs> you know in advance what one of your Christmas gifts is going to be because it was just beautiful. And, you know, I know, Johnny, that you are on, you're interviewed all the time. You have people asking you, you know, come with their pat answer, you know, their questions that they want to ask you. But, you know, what's been on your heart lately? What has been on your heart that you would love to share with our listeners? Ken and I lately have been asking God to help us finish well. Mm. It would be so easy as we get older and disability gets harder. It'd be so easy to blow it. Yeah. To smear God's reputation, to tumble down into a spiral down into a a routine of complaining. It would be so easy. Um, and I, I don't want to stain Christ's good name by at this point in my life, after so long in my wheelchair, to let the encroachments of more pain mm-hmm. and the encroachments of less functioning ability. I, I've lost use of this right arm to feed myself. Yeah. I used to be able to feed yeah. myself very recently mm-hmm. until just this year. And that could make me go, oh, God, I can't. one more thing. Yeah. I can't stand this. I mean, it's so easy to do that. But I want to finish well. Mm-hmm. I want to I I, I run through the tape, as I said earlier, yeah. you know, and burst through those pearly gates and, and not do anything to shame the Lord up until that point. So that's, that's what's been on Ken's heart and my mm-hmm. heart. And I guess it's been this year of double pneumonia uh, and coming so close to death mm-hmm. uh, that we realize, wow, how can we optimize the years we have left for the kingdom? So beautiful. And not do something foolish, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I know my, my late husband had a quote that he would sign his blogs with at the end of his life, and it was love fiercely, run the race finish strong. And wow. that ended up on the back, it's on his tombstone, on the back of his oh. tombstone. But, but that was what, so when you said that, I thought about that's what Jeff, that's what he wanted to through all his pain was to love fiercely, run the race and finish strong. And, and I bet um, he did, didn't he? He sure did. Up until the last moment, he sure did. Wow. Well, see, isn't that interesting how it inspires the rest of us? Mm-hmm. I mean, something small like that encourages my own mm-hmm. heart. 
makes me want to finish strong. So, Well, I have no doubt you will finish strong. And, you know, we ask all of our podcast guests at the end that the show is Rising Above with Becky Davidson. And so we say, what are ways that you rise above your circumstances and find joy in your story? And you've talked about this over and over again in the, in the episode, but I would love for you to share as we close out. So other ways you rise above your circumstances and find joy in your story. I sing. I mm-hmm. sing my way through suffering. I memorize hymns. There are sometimes, Becky, when my pain is such that I can't put two words together in a thoughtful sentence. And um, so I memorize the stanzas of hymns mm. so that when I am discouraged, when my pain is exacerbated, I, I, uh, I can say, uh, Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. I am finding out the greatness of thy loving heart. Thou hast bid me gaze upon thee, and thy beauty fills my soul. For by thy transforming power, thou hast made me whole. Oh, I can't sing anymore. Oh, of my, uh, my chest, but, that's but that's that's how I rise above. I just uh, ask God to put a song in my heart in the morning, and he, he always does. So beautiful. Well, Johnny, I cannot thank you enough for your time today. It has been just a joy to get to visit with you. And I love just all that you do and the way you inspire us. I I love getting on Instagram and watching your reels. They're such an encouragement to me. And I know that it is to other people as well. So thank you so much. Becky, thank you too. And A special thanks to our listeners, because I know that our listeners go through hard times. If they've got disability in their family, a child with a disabled condition, life is not easy. And so my, my hat's off to your listeners. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson, created and produced by Rising Above Ministries. To learn more about us and our resources for special needs families, visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app. If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, joy can be found in every story.